In July of this year, a teacher who was on vacation found a 2.1 carat diamond in Arkansas. Now, it didn't look like the kind of diamond you'd see in a jewelry store or on a ring. It was, you know, about yay big and um, the color of burgundy, someone described it. So cloudy, hard to see through, not clear. Um, it had smooth edges, but not the kind of filed and shaped edges that we're used to seeing um, from diamonds that have been cared for by a jeweler. I tend to think of the parables in this way. After Jesus had scattered his teaching throughout Galilee and on his way to Jerusalem, people went back hunting for those gems that Jesus had left behind. And in many cases, it took a lot of work for the evangelists and other people who had heard them to polish them, refine them, file them down, clear them up, so that they could fit into what people were coming to believe and what stories people were telling about Jesus. Our parable today about the lost sheep is a great example of a story that probably had some rough edges and that different evangelists shaped to fit the needs of their gospels. One of the evangelists who worked with this parable is Matthew. Now, Matthew fits it into his narrative right between Uh, teachings about not despising the faith of little ones or children, and right before a teaching about how to discipline church members, basically to call them and and, uh, inform them of what they've done, take someone else with you, and if they don't respond to that, bring them to the church. So for Matthew, this parable seemed to fit in as a story possibly about seeking out those who are lost, but not necessarily sinful, Um, or about disciplining church members who need to be brought back into the fold. For Luke, who presented the gospel in the the parable in the version that we heard today, it fits into a narrative about repentance. Many of Luke's stories fit into this model, that they're stories about repentance and return to God. And Luke places it right alongside a parable that he's the only evangelist to preserve the story of the woman and the lost coin. So for Luke, this is a story about people who go far from God and who return to God through repentance, which leads God to rejoice. Now there's another evangelist who's not part of our canonical scriptures, Thomas, who also messes with this parable a little bit. And what he does is he he tries to solve two problems. One, explaining how the shepherd noticed that one out of 100 sheep was was missing, and also why the shepherd went to such trouble to track that sheep down. So if you read the Gospel of Thomas, he says, well, one sheep was bigger than all the rest, (laughs) and also the shepherd loved it more than the rest. So trying to to clear up some things that, that I like that our other evangelists leave a little curious and not quite making sense. What I'm going to try to do tonight, then, is play with this parable in this community. So what would this parable have to say to a group of folks gathered in an Episcopal church on a Wednesday night on a beautiful day? What has struck me about the parables, both of the lost sheep and of the lost coin today, is how they end in rejoicing. And they end in the kind of rejoicing, now this is me pushing a little bit, but the kind of rejoicing that uses up the very thing that was lost. 
I'm gonna give two slightly updated versions of these two parables. All right, so the first one has to be a vegetarian version about this sheep, because you can imagine, just imagine, right, how do people sell it when you have a big feast, when, you, when the shepherd invites his friends and his neighbors for a feast, what do you think he's serving? Okay, all right, but we don't wanna think about that. So, so, okay, there was a busy mom, right, who, ordered her groceries from Walmart, and she has a hundred cans of beans and corn and tomato, and she knows she ordered one can of diced tomatoes. All right, but you know, it, I don't know if you're like me, keep ordering or buying more of the same things because you're not sure if you have it on hand. Okay, so, and she noticed one day that the can of diced tomatoes was missing. And she, she looked all through her pantry, through every cupboard, and finally found that can of diced tomatoes on the bottom shelf in the very back of the lowest area of her pantry. And so she said, you know what? I'm so excited I found this can of diced tomatoes. I'm gonna make a huge pot of black bean chili and invite the whole neighborhood over to it. Now, does that make sense, right? It's, it's a type of rejoicing that's totally out of proportion to the very thing that was lost. It's a rejoicing that uses up the thing that was lost in the first place. Now, as for the coin one, I have to adjust for inflation. So pretend you just went to the bank and you took out 10 $20 bills. And as the months went by, you, you got out your cash envelope and happened to notice, wait, there's only nine $20 bills in here. Where is that other one? And then you look everywhere in your desk, your wallet, every wallet in the house, every handbag, anywhere it could be, and finally find it in the pocket of the jacket you wore on the last cold day of the year, the year before, right? Anyone done that? Just me? I don't know. Okay, so you find your $20 bill, and you're so excited. You say, you call your friends and say, let's all go out to dinner and celebrate. I'll put it on my credit card, right? It's a kind of rejoicing that's all out of proportion and that uses up the very thing you lost in the first place. I think another thing these parables could be about is that kind of rejoicing. Because when the folks in the parable find what was lost, they not only find what was lost, but they find the purpose of the thing that was lost. And the purpose of the thing that was lost was to be used in rejoicing and celebration with friends and neighbors. If there's anything in a pocket or a corner of your life that you find, I hope that we can spend it together in this way. Spend it rejoicing and celebrating, drawing together friends, inviting neighbors, and being together in the kingdom of God, in the place where none of us is lost. Amen. <laughs>